0: The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Intelligent, conservative, the answer. Welcome to The Andrea Kay Show. She's blonde, 5'2, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay.
1: Welcome to tonight's second hour of the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. Had to take a break. Go get me a cup of hot tea. Mint Medley is my favorite hot tea. Calm down a little bit because my men, DJ Carrot Sticks and DJ Tater Skins, decided to disagree with me on the... Mark Hamill versus Ted Nugent debate, and they both solidly went to the wrong side. You know, to we the could always the
2: intellectual man himself that's on with us uh, right now.
1: Well, GQ should know which side he needs to come down on. Be truthful, GQ. Yeah. Okay. We're bringing in Gary Quackenbush. Oh, Y'all know man. Tuesdays at 7. Okay. There's trending on X, which used to be Twitter, is what what started it all today was a picture of Mark Hamill on the left, Nugent on the right, and somebody said Mark Hamill is the hero and Ted Nugent is a zero. I totally disagree with that, my man Quack, because it... From a creativity standpoint, I think somebody writing songs, writing an, an amazing album like Ted Nugent live back in the day, he wrote it, performed it, it went triple, quadruple, platinum gold, is far more greater skill than a dude reading some words that somebody wrote in a script. What say you?
3: <laughs> okay, so so we're trying to figure out. A- this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to figure out exactly. So which one is like the, the bomb? Is yes. it Hamill or Nugent? Well, Ted Nugent's been, uh, he was on my list way before Hamill was. So I'd have to go with the one that's been around longer. That'd be Ted Nugent.
1: You know what? G-Q, Just for longevity, right? GQ is smart, man. He knew he needed to come down on the right side. And he chose, well... Yes, exactly. Ted Nugent, thank you so much, GQ. We actually have a tie, though, because me and GQ uh, are on the side of Ted Nugent, and sticks and skins are on the side of Markham. Call Mark tiebreakers. Yeah, so call in if you want to give a tiebreaker. First person who, who gets through, 888-344-1170 can break the tie. Um, do you have any wacky laws for us this week? Or were you too busy fighting uh, off Hurricane, Hurricane Hillary? to come up with wacky laws.
3: You know, it's funny you're talking, (laughs) Noah and I were talking today before my show about Hurricane Hillary, and when I first heard about it, I thought, that's the stupidest thing. Just because we have the elections coming up, (laughs) that's the stupidest thing. I can't believe she's going, she's, throwing her hat in the ring, and then but, like, <laughs> admit, it's the weather that's telling us it's Hurricane Hillary.
1: Well, Hurricane oh, Hillary was a Hurricane Hillary was as much of a dud as, as Hillary's 2016 uh, election. So Gosh. there you have it. Mm-hmm. It's, it reminds me,
3: it reminds me of, of um, what was it back when we had the Scud missiles? Remember they are being launched oh, yeah, from, where yeah. was that? Was that I don't Iran?
1: I don't even remember. Yes, I think it was the Scud I remember, missiles. It was like,
3: you know, Everybody's freaking out. They gosh, there's missiles, and they're going to launch them. And these missiles would launch; they wouldn't quite go as far as they want. And they would just lay there. And they called them Scud. And I thought that's like Ralph's grocery store. It's like Scud <laughs> Ralph's. It's like the people need to name things better. And then a hurricane named Hillary. It just like fizzled out. I guess that makes sense. Exactly. Like oh,
1: I think we have a tiebreaker. I think somebody oh. has called in. Uh, Okay, so I don't know what the answer is. Don't type it on the caller screen. We're going to go to the phones. Uh, Bob from El Cajon, please break the tie for us. Who is the hero and who is the zero? Mark Hamill versus Ted Injit.
2: The Great White Buffalo. Teddy,
1: Uncle Teddy. All righty, then. Okay, then.
3: Yeah. <laughs> clearly, clearly, clearly. You know, we like Bob.
1: Yes. Yes, Bob. <laughs> we love you, Bob. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate you, Bob. go. Bye-bye. Checks in the mail. Um, okay. there. So there you have it. There you have it right here on the AK Show. The great white buffalo won that great debate. <laughs> DJ no, no, no. You lost, man. You lost. Take it like a man. Take it like Ted Nugent would. Still
2: sticking with my opinion.
1: Okay. Well, you can stick with your opinion, but you lost. Okay. So, all right. So, GQ, did you? were you able to find any wacky loss this week,
3: Lost? Yes. So, a couple that I think are super important, and that is in Alabama. And I know this is your hometown and things, but you cannot, it's, Ill, it's still today illegal to pay, play, uh, it's illegal to race, hunt, play cards, or dominoes on Sunday. Criminal Code. Alabama Criminal Code. There you
1: go. Okay, well, I'm actually not from Alabama. Daddy is, so I spent a lot of my childhood in Opelika, Alabama, where they filmed Norma Ray, and um, Grandpa Buckingham was actually playing dominoes in the movie, by the way. Um, I'm not surprised that they still have the blue laws, that such activities are against the law in Alabama. All right. So,
3: okay. So, and that's, you know, it's just kind of like the the idea was to force people to stay at home to spend time with their family, kind of like wearing a mask. (laughs) You have to stay home because that's that's what they were trying to do, not trying to, you know.
1: Well, the day of rest was supposed, it was all really, the blue laws were all really about the day of rest. That that going back to the old days of like, if you read uh, any of the Little House series, you know that even back in those days, um, it, it was about you're supposed to go to church and then you weren't supposed to do anything but reflect on the Lord. So that's really right. what it was about. So, I, I mean, when I was growing up, even when I was in high school, you gas stations were closed. So, oh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah so, no, I,
3: remember. So, I remember traveling. Sometimes you get stuck. You're out in the middle of nowhere traveling on Sunday. Going, like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yep. All the gas stations mm-hmm. are closed. We get to sit until so, Monday morning right. and wake
1: So it's wacky to the rest of y'all, but it's quite normal to me. What else do we have? There you go. Um,
3: wacky in that the the more, the longer I am an estate planning attorney doing trust settlements, the crazier I think people are in what kind of documentation I see. I mean, I'm trying to spin this to estate planning because I'm seeing every day I, I review trusts for people. I review their estate plans. Um, a lot of times the person has already passed away and we're trying to figure out what the heck the document says and just these really weird wacky estate plans or these like these little specifics you know we want the the old 1987 vega to go to uncle john because of this and the other
1: well that- and- not wacky that 's not wacky if you 've got something that is like a, an item that the family might fight over. I mean, I was really, really shocked back when Grandma was in the hospital, and i 'm down in Slidell at the hospital, holding grandma 's hand and singing victory in Jesus to her that uh, that uh, my uncle and his wife Carolyn, who wore men 's boots all the time, were at grandma 's farm pilfering through her items, and it 's like excuse me. You know, how about, you know, how about, the you know, um, grandma getting to decide who's going to get what? I mean, so I, I and grandma didn't, to be honest with you. She really didn't. I never cool. got the armoire that I wanted. So I think it's great, actually, to, that the family, you know, understands who's going to get what
3: unless it's a 20-year-old trust and that car hasn't existed for 15 years.
1: <laughs> oh, and, okay, that could and, be a problem. <laughs> and, Uncle,
3: and Uncle Joe died two generations ago. <laughs> okay,
1: what, what, you have cause, a point.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, because part of because what, I mean, like, I think the right way to put together an estate plan is have a, a provision, a paragraph writing in it where it says that my personal property, I can distribute based on a list or a schedule that I create. I just create the list, I sign it, and I put it with my will, and then that's how things get distributed, so I can change it anytime I want, but I'm seeing these trusts that have built in specific you know these are ten year old trusts and they got the cars and they got these all these little items of personal property, and they're not they don't even exist anymore so, so then, then what do so you do when you're dealing with garbage
1: so what do you do when you're dealing with something so dated and so specific?
3: You build in flexibility you build it in so that 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 distribution goes by a list like you you literally say my personal property is to be distributed basically per the terms of a list. If you find the original of the list signed and kept with this document, follow that list first for personal
1: property. So what you do is you update, you update the trust by updating the list.
3: Exactly. Gotcha. Because what happens is you, there's just with estate planning, it is so there's such a broad range of competence and people preparing estate plans for other people And I see some that go through specific lists drafted right in the trust, which means when you change your mind and you go, oh, I have a new granddaughter and I want her to have my ruby necklace, you go back to the attorney, you pay for an amendment to change that distribution. And I just think that's kind of a cheap shot. I think we need to, as attorneys, build in the flexibility so that the clients can do as much of their own, like the little simple you know, what they want going here and there. I think we need to build that flexibility and trust instead of like making it so that clients are attorney dependent. I mean, I don't want clients to be attorney dependent. I want them to get the stuff from me that they need and I want them to be able to do the rest of the stuff on their own so they don't have to keep crawling back to me and saying... Gary, I need to change this. Gary, I need to change this. I want to build in flexibility on the things yeah. that are like perishable divisions.
1: That's the thing to yeah. do is to build in flexibility. I was shocked to find out, and I don't know if you heard about Diane Feinstein. The reason why she gave her daughter a durable power of attorney was because she's suing her ex husband uh, Richard Blum had all of his, his assets put into a trust, and these trustees, she's alleging these trustees have been committing elderly abuse by keeping her away from. The these assets why would a husband not leave his wife who's a senator in charge of the assets instead of a trustee that she trustees that she's now alleging are uh, are abusing her
3: well that doesn't seem right there's got it seems like there's something is
1: something missing in this story
3: yeah something there's something missing it doesn't i mean yeah, I mean, is there some distrust there? Are there assets? Are they considered separate property assets? Is it because there's a prenuptial agreement or something like that? That's weird.
1: It is very weird. I mean, she's 90 at this point. He died years ago. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't understand, um, you know, what is going on there. And I was wondering if maybe if there had been built-in flexibility here, it would have protected her. I mean, is there... It, I-
3: I mean, it very well could be – some of the flexibility that you can build in are – I mean, most of the flexibility has to do with, like, specific items. Okay. But as far as – I don't – yeah, I don't get why if instead of husband leaving her in charge and then have alternates, like if she can't do it, then have a private professional or something or have another family member. I don't know unless there – unless it was separate property. That's the only thing I can think of. He would be afraid that she would – um, use the money for her own purposes and not carry out his wishes
1: right and and, and it's like and why now it just seems it, it, it just seems really really bizarre I don't know if and and, and I probably should have sent this to you but it, I I forgot about it and then it just popped into my mind just now as you were talking about flexibility and I was wondering if that also extended somehow to the trustee situation can you hold over the break real quick Oh, sure. Yeah, because I I, I want to finish my question for you because it's one that's troubling me, and I want to make sure that we get this good information out to the listeners. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to finish up with Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law when we come back from the break.
0: Andrea Kay telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrew show. finishing up our discussion with Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law that you guys listen to every day here at 2 p.m. on The Answer San Diego. Okay, so um, you were talking about flexibility and building in flexibility with a list of items because, I mean, that changes over time and that way you don't have to do like a completely new trust every time. Um this Diane Feinstein situation it was came as a shock to me because who would have thought a senator even though she 's clearly at, at the end of her best years because we all are at ninety. Um,
4: (laughs) Right.
1: I mean, really, who at 90, uh, you know, is as there as they were at, you know, 35, right? I mean, let's just be honest. Still, it came as a shock to me to see this lawsuit situation going on involving her, you know, her late husband's estate and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't know if there's any kind of flexibility that gets built in for the trustees. Is it once a trustee gets named? Because she's alleging uh, elderly abuse. Is there right. any kind of tr- flexibility that you can bake in there to where if a, a trustee can be replaced or that they've only got a limited period of time or that there's somehow, yeah. um, somehow, you know, evaluations of them and their and well, performance? See, and
3: that, yeah. And that's ex- that's exactly what's happening. What's happening, and this is a report by the San Francisco Chronicle. But anyways, Diane's daughter, she has power of attorney now because... What what that means is that the daughter Catherine can can have this limited durable power of attorney, basically to act in her mom's behalf because um, Diane's what ninety years old, so you know she can't function as well as she wants to. But what's happening is exactly what you're saying is is the Feinstein is basically saying, hey, my husband Blum, you know, he was a billionaire, he left me money, and you're supposed to put. $5 Five million dollars into this marital trust, and she has access to that marital trust while she is alive. The marital trust then is one of these irrevocable type trusts where if they put the money in, and they have to do it. You know, they have to do it within a reasonable period of time. And their allegations are: it's been a year and a half that you know since Blum died, the husband died, and they and she needs that money in the marital trust so that she can pay for her really high medical bills and medical expenses and her care, which the trust provides for. So here you have husband dies a year and a half later, the trust that he was leaving specifically to take care of his wife has not been funded. Mm. So the trustees are acting so fully. It's like, what is the reason for acting so slowly? Why aren't you putting money in there? Are you, and so what they're asking for, and we do this quite a bit, this is not, we were talking about this at my show today is there's a, a this code section in the probate code 17200 where you go and say, hey, trustee, I want an accounting and I want it within 60 days and you're entitled to it. I want to know what happened. Why was that? Why was the trust not funded? And I want you removed as trustees because I don't think you're caring for me like my husband wanted you to. So it's to remove the trustee to say, you guys step aside. I'm putting in my own trustee that will obey the terms of the trust that will fund it. And it's not going to take a year and a half to do it. You know, so that's, that's really the nature of what's going on. This is something that happens every day in trust. The it's, trustee yeah. is not doing their job. You know, the beneficiaries are saying, hey, you're not doing your job. How do we force this, Gary? And sometimes you're going to court and saying, hey, judge, it's a year and a half. This is taking way too long. I need that money. That's what my husband intended. It's been a year and a half. This is, it's long enough. And of course, the suspicion of it is the ones that appear to be kind of delaying the process are the ones that benefit from the marital trust after Diane Feinstein dies, they get whatever's left over in the mm. trust that Diane didn't use. So how convenient is that? Yeah, you know, and
4: that's
3: you know, that's one side of the story, but you know, she's like, I'm 90, I need the money, Yeah. how dare you wait, you know, and, and mess with me in court for the next three years, hoping that I'm going to pass away so that you get all the money, I don't get to use it.
1: Well, the, you know, and even if you don't like Dianne Feinstein's politics, the moral of the story is, if that can happen to Dianne Feinstein who was married to a billionaire, it can happen to you. And you yes. don't want to be in the situation where you're 90, you're needing late-in-life care, and you don't have access to the resources and the money that's supposed to be available to you because of games being played by trustees. So, Gary, how can people get a hold of you and make sure that they're taken care of?
3: Um, 855-500-TRUST. 855-500-TRUST. And don't wait. People wait. I know. She waited a year and a half. It's like, no. It should have been six months, like, yeah. okay, I want an accounting now. What is going on? But uh, People are very patient, but okay, we want to think the best of people. A year and a half later, I think she just said, okay, this is this is stupid, and yeah. that's why they went to court.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope so she wins. I, could, yeah.
4: I hope
3: so, too. 855-500-TRUST, yeah. 5, let me help you out.
1: All right, thank you, my dear. Thanks, Sandra. See All ya. right, talk to you soon. Okay, um, so the Great Reset. We're going to go from estate planning to food planning. Um, so, we've talked before about lab-grown meat. We've talked before about how they want to set up these smart cities. Where you're going to be living in this community, this commune, you're going to be, it's going to be walkable, you're going to have your digital ID, you're going to go in and you're going to go to, and everything's going to be Amazon's going to be there, your drugstore, your chosen food supply, and you're going to have to have your social credit score up to date on your digital ID to be able to get any services, right? Um, The food part of their plan for the Great Reset is already underway in 14 U.S. cities and um, to be completed by 2030, which is only seven years from now. On Sunday, the Federalist dropped this story i hadn't even heard about this and i've been and y'all know that we we dig through a lot of articles don't we skins we dig through a lot of content every day i got an email from one of our listeners who said did you know about mccarthy hiding uh jan six uh tapes i'll have to research that here's the latest though from the great reset that we've you we've got to we've got to get get ahead of right now there are 14 american cities 14 that are already a part of the of the, quote, far left climate or organization headed by not George Soros, but Mike Bloomberg. And by the year 2030 in these 14 cities, their their goal is to abolish private vehicle ownership and the abolishment of meat and dairy within seven years. This is part of the C40 Cities Climate Leadership Group. Um, uh, It's going to be zero. uh, Each person will be able to consume zero kilograms of meat, zero kilograms of dairy, and three only allowed three new clothing items per person per year. Zero private vehicles owned and only one short haul return flight, which is less than 1,500 kilometers every three years per person. Uh, The American cities, American, the American members so far that are members of this C40 climate uh, leadership group are Austin, Boston, Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New Orleans, New York City, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Portland, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and Seattle. France has, in May, already banned short-term, uh, short-haul commercial flights to reduce carbon emissions while leaving private jets untouched, by the way. Um, New York City Mayor Eric Adams back in April announced that the Big Apple would place caps on the amount of meat and dairy served by city institutions, including prisons and schools. And the UK is already headed um, towards this. They've banned all gas powered vehicles past 2030, which is only seven years from now. But you think about this. You're only going to be allowed seven, within seven years. You won't be allowed to own a car. Only three new clothing items per person per year and only one short haul return flight.
2: Sounds like communism to me.
1: It's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. And you might be saying, "Dick, New Orleans, New Orleans ain't going to, Dickie Brennan's ain't going to shut down his steakhouse. No, but Dickie Brennan's is going to be serving up some lab grown meat. Well, how are they going? How are they going to make a roux without butter? They'll just use you know some kind of you know cricket butter, cricket substitute, cricket, cricket sub, yeah, cricket oil. That's what they're going to do. New Orleans actually would be an easier place to try to get this over because I don't think there's any dairy in Leidenheimer bread, which is on a po' boy, and you know we eat our weight every year in crawfish and shrimp, so you know you don't have to have. But I, but let me tell you. I don't want to live in a world where I don't get a roast beef po'boy from R&O's with gravy. From my cold, dead hands, are you going to take my R&O's roast beef po'boy from me? we got to get ahead of this now. How, has anybody else been reporting on these 14 American cities that are members of this? And then nope. within, within seven years, you think about seven years, how quick that is. Within seven years in these cities, you're only going to be allowed three articles of clothing per year, and you're going to not be allowed a short-haul flight? What is what is 1,500 uh, kilometers? So that would be, I, th- I guess, you wouldn't be able to hop a flight to Vegas. But would you be allowed to drive to Las Vegas? Because let me tell you, I would use a lot of... I, I, I Don't would, give them ideas. Because you know that's what's coming next. You're not going to be allowed to drive to Vegas. And if they force us all into electric vehicles, and then there's no recharging stations anywhere between, you know, outside of a 50-mile radius, you're going to be stuck. This isn't even smart cities. This is communism. Nobody's talking about this. We're going to keep talking about it on the other side of the break. Don't go away.
0: The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Dynamite in a dress or just Andrea Kay, whatever you call her. She's on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Before the break, we were talking about the C40 plan, this global plan. There's a global membership. It's headed up by Michael Bloomberg, and there's 14 American cities, cities that are members of the C40 Great Reset Group. And it involves no meat, no dairy. You're only going to be allowed three articles of clothing per person per year, and no short haul flights. I uh, googled fifteen kilometer, fifteen hundred kilometers. It's about nine hundred miles. So you know that's why so many people, you know, all they're able to afford. uh, Many people. So it's also, uh, you know, that kind of flight is what many people depend on to be able to go visit family uh to go celebrate holidays, go visit people when they're sick. Um think about think about the devastation on people's lives. We are not the country of You know, a hundred years ago to where people and it's still very that like this a lot in Louisiana to where people or even in the small town in Ohio where my sister raised her kids, where a lot of people are born there. They stay there, you know, get married there and have kids there. And there's generations there. I mean, we're really scattered. Most families, you've got a lot of your family here, Skins, but you were also born and raised here. Yeah, I'm
2: Um, pretty lucky in that.
1: Yeah, but you know we, you know San Diego and California is a lot of transplants that have that, that have come here. I've got family here. I've got family in Georgia. I've got family in Louisiana. I've got family scattered all, all over everywhere. And if I'm not allowed to do a short haul flight, how would I ever visit them? So we're just we're going to have Americans. That's that That's
2: part of the demoralization,
1: Andrea. Absolutely. It's a part of four. Part of what you think about, you think about the ability to get control over people's lives. That's so much of what COVID did is, is, you you know, um, the separation of us to isolate people, lock healthy people in their home.
2: And you said 2030, but don't think they won't try and get this over on us sooner.
1: 2030 is a blink of an eye. You think if you're a parent how quick seven years goes by. When you're a kid, seven years feels like an eternity. But when, when you think about seven years, how quickly it went by between the ages of 25 and 32. I mean, it's nothing. I was at LSU for five years. It felt like it was never going to end. I look back and it, and it blew by.
2: This story should point out, Andrea, because uh, they are connected, how important, and I, I know we got a lot of work to do in between, but how important the 2024 election is. Absolutely. And who wins.
1: But where's the Republican Party and our in our leadership been talking about this? How come they haven't been reporting on this? They
2: should all be talking about it.
1: Yeah. How, where's the Republican party today in leadership form screaming about, about the, the Biden administration signing contracts reportedly for, uh, more COVID crap without a lot of details. We don't know what these big expensive contracts are actually going to include, but I saw Natalie Winters talking today about it on War Room, and she said these contracts, as she's found so far, are through 2028. So there's a reason why, as we're going into this election year, why suddenly COVID is back in, uh, back in the news. Suddenly it's about the the shot mandates never really went away for a lot of schools. Remember, Bob Walters reported a week or two ago that there was over a thousand colleges and universities that still had shot mandates, including San Diego State. They're just now adding the masks back into it in some places uh it there's a liberal arts school in the atlanta area that is is not going to have any events anymore i mean we're we're talking about going back to 2020
2: and once we approach the end of 2023 headed into next year they're going to ramp it up
1: yeah because this is about uh and 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 they're and they're not able to do how are they going to be able to get this great reset crap over on us by softening the mark See they saw that's what con men call it to where they're prepping you for the big con that's about to take place on you. The the virus was real, but the reaction to it was a con. And it was all about conditioning you for submission, and the ultimate submission is coming down the pike in the form of we're going to tell you what you're allowed to eat, how many clothes you're allowed to buy, well, also, Andrea, your COVID transportation. They
2: wanted to see how we were going to react.
1: Exactly, and we failed. That's why going forward, we need to all join together and say, it, it, we, it, and, and quite frankly, this is why the Republican Party needed to not say COVID is gone, but it's behind us. Um, we had at the town hall recently, I asked about COVID lockdowns and restrictions. And Mike Gallagher, who I love so much, said, oh, that's never going to happen again. Well, here we are. It absolutely can happen again because it was never about public health. It was about power. And what we need to do is say, and the Republican Party should have put some centralized legislation in place to pre- prevent this from happening again. We shouldn't have to, as citizens, be the one to have to say no to a, to a business, no to an employer. I shouldn't have to be facing down an ugly security guard or some woman, some Karen trying to take me out because I don't have a mask on. We're gonna- and,
2: because, and real quickly, Andrea, because they haven't put that in place, again, what does that tell you?
1: Yes, Exactly. Well, Francisca is on the line. Uh, she wants to weigh in on this. I, hey, Francisca, we've only got about a minute left in this segment. Okay. Um, but but okay. what, what's on your mind, my dear?
4: Well, just uh, that I, um, you know, the solutions are on in front of us. And uh, to understand, very clear, this is not a regular thing. This is a third world war against humanity. Yes. And if we only focus into, you know, like a, Mexico, Chiapas, very poor state. They burned the the, the, the books, um, and and so uh, let's go to Frank's speech. This is elections. Nobody stays home from now on, and it has to be like a knocking house knocking house knocking the door <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, um you know this is uh, uh this is why we are so many because so many needs to work and we can win the elections are very important and i will really really ask you to go to frank's speech because he gave the whole thing for us to work on so we have a leaders, we have work to do and there is more because the, my my dream is only if we can match their agenda go and look their, their website and their agenda 2020 30 or new reset and they sell us everything so what are we waiting for nothing is tolerant everything has to be legal and it has to be criminal because all so what they're doing is criminal let's go for the uh, um GOP no I'm not a member unless you you uh, really represent me no no money unless you represent me yes So we win only if we understand that because the children, if we pay for it, adults, we we create the monster, but the children do not have to pay for it.
1: Absolutely. Francisca, thank you for calling in. Yeah, I'm going to go check out Frank's speech. I watched a little bit of it last week. He had a big election event going on. We have to I, I heard today that the Democrats will probably get at this next election 80 something people out to vote and republicans are probably looking at only about 60 million people out voting that is absolutely unacceptable because as francisca said we, we the children's future is at stake we ha, we have to do the work no We've, excuses no excuses we can save this country but we can't do it sitting on our butts and being lazy francisca we love you thanks for calling we're going to take a break when we come back final segment of tonight's andrea Acacia.
0: news politics and current events it's the andrea k show on the answer san diego
1: welcome back to tonight's andrea k show Ugh. um do i really want to end the show tonight with a story about a children's hospital saying that children can identify as tootsie Pop pops or do i want to uh, do i want to end the show talking about the debate wednesday
2: <laughs> i i, I, I hey. mean they're they're both kind of disgusting
1: um let's play a little clip of somebody asking oh i know let's yeah let's let's i i can't we'll save the transgender stuff for tomorrow because i'm war slap out i'm exhausted and um let's have a little laugh at msnbc's uh expense um So uh, MSNBC and CNN. So here is a Bakari Sellers, a great name, by the way. I like really unusual names. Um, And here is this person claiming that nobody is going to be watching Tucker Carlson and Trump. um, uh, You know, their counter-programming of the debate. Uh, Skins, please play clip three.
0: And just for the record, Donald Trump's counter-programming is horrible. I don't think anybody's going to be watching Tucker Carlson on on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. And I don't think anybody's going to be responsive to his quote-unquote counter-program.
1: Are you (laughs) kidding? Bakari, I like your name, um, but I think you need to brush up on, on, uh, what's that new medicine that I'm seeing all these ads for? It's over-the-counter about maximizing your brain power because Bakari... Uh, that was a little lame. Nobody's going to be watching Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson gets like 20 million views every time he puts a video out. Okay. Tucker Carlson ended Mike Pence. Ended Mike Pence. Who got caught in a trap by Tucker and dared to say something as stupid as he didn't care about American cities. That wasn't his You don't concern. have to
2: like Tucker, but you can't refute his success.
1: Exactly. How dumb are you, Bakari Sellers? You drinking Bacardi before you, before you said that? I'm telling you, I, I ain't watching that Fox News debate. I have zero interest. The reason why they're all so mad, the reason why Fox News kicked out Kimberly Guilfoyle and Don Jr. To, from even being in the crowd is because they're trying to get Trump there because they know that there's going to be so few eyeballs on this thing without Trump. Trump's the one people want to see. I mean, really, I mean, really, Bakari Sellers? I mean, America's really foaming at the mouth to watch Chris Christie and Mike Pence on the stage or or Ron DeSantis? Come on. Everybody's glued in to a Tucker Carlson interview.
2: Again, going back to why they don't want Larry Elder on the debate stage.
1: Exactly. Because if Elder was on the debate stage, I'd be watching. Uh, they they don't want Elder on the debate stage because they know how articulate he is. They know that oh he, he is will, sharp as a he tack. Will add, this is, right now the Republican Party is trying to set us up to get a Rhino elected. There I, I believe. I still say Mike Pence. I, I think here's my here's my take. I think the Republican Party is trying to pave the way for an establishment. The uh, candidate to be shoved on us that they know ke- that that it, even that he might win in twenty twenty four, but ultimately we lose because he's a part of the uniparty.
2: I either say Mike Pence, or they get enough on DeSantis where they can buy him out.
1: Um, I think that I think that they're going to try to shove Mike Pence on us. I think that, um, that I think that then I think Joe Biden stays in the race. At that, here's what could be happening, and I'm just I'm going to sound like a crazy person here. I've been saying for years that I think the Republican Party and the Democrat Party get together and decide who's going to win and who's who's what, who's not, because that way they can make us think that there's actual elections taking place and that we actually get a vote. This is where I'm at. When you've got Ronna McDaniel and the GOP flat out rigging a stage 1 uh, to keep somebody who's only really polling at 1% off the stage Thread flag it, you're trying to control our elections and when you're and then when that's at the same time when you're not going after the Biden crime family you're in on it you're in on it at the the RNC is in on it and i think the RNC as much as the democrats want to shut us up on anything related to election integrity issues Nothing would be better for the Uniparty than a Mike Pence to win because it's a win for the left.
2: See, look the elections, Andrea. They're they're yes. fair,
1: and then he'll get in there and he'll continue to ma- launder money to Ukraine. He'll continue to push for the weaponization of the DOJ against Trump and MAGA and all the rest of us. He'll continue to go forth. He will. He will pave the way for hate speech legislation against us.
2: Hope he's not filling up my gas tank.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, no, I will not be watching, and and, and if I had to make a prediction about Larry Elder, he will not be taking the stage.
2: I hope he does.
1: I hope he does, but I I think that the Republican Party will take the position of sumi, because by the time it gets to court, they don't care. It won't matter. It won't matter. And there's nobody in conservative media at all talking about it. I asked Jenny Beth Martin, and she just really didn't even, you know, hadn't even really been focused on it. This is the kind of story that Republicans ignore to our peril. Because Trump supporters are thinking, well, what do we care about Larry Elder?
2: Well, and that's why I had you make that the lead story today, because nobody's talking about it.
1: Nobody's talking about it because they're thinking, well, who cares? We should be rallying behind Trump. And even Jenny Beth Martin, her take on it was, well, you know, I think he deserves to be heard. The issue isn't even really about Larry Elder. The issue is about the Republican Party fixing and rigging elections along with the Democrats. Ronnie McDaniel, who took in $400 million in 2020, in December 2020, to stop the steal and didn't spend a dime of it to stop the steal and is not spending any money right now at all in any way to try to stop any of the steal. She didn't spend any money to try to stop what went down in Arizona. They're not spending any money running ads right now in support of free speech and to support of the fact that you have a right to question an outcome of an election. You have the right to petition your government. You have the right to have an attorney to petition on your behalf. Not a word. Not a word from the Republican Party. We will be talking tomorrow about the scourge that is the transgender movement, because that's something else the Republican Party is failing to address in a proper manner. The American Medical Association has come under fire because they've actually been floating, not just their support for men getting uteruses, but that that, those surgeries be paid for by taxpayers to the tune of $100,000 to $300,000. That's the American Medical Association. The same AMA that was behind denying you ivermectin, denying you hydroxychloroquine, and forcing poison to be injected into your arms. All right. we got much to get into tomorrow night. So we'll see you back here 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you to the callers. Thank you to my guests. Thank you, Skins. Thank you, especially Caller, for breaking the tiebreaker on the Ted Nugent versus Mark Hamill debate. Love you all. See you tomorrow.